Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving. Um, as I told you on the preview show, whatever happens in the game, don't let it ruin your day. And boy, did the Commanders try, unfortunately. It was a 45-10 to 10 loss that was ugly in every single way. Uh, a game where the opposing starting quarterback winds up beating a turkey leg in the middle of the fourth quarter. Uh, not good, Logan. Not good on offense. Not good on defense. Um, it was, like, there's moments in the game where they're in it. They're competitive for three yeah. quarters. Um, the defense... The one time they kind of bowed up is in the middle of that third quarter and the offense couldn't get anything going. And then absolute implosion in the fourth on both sides of the ball. A 25 to nothing fourth quarter for the Cowboys. Uh, not not good all around, Logan. Not good all around. Yeah, and I think like you said, like the offense did some stuff early that, you know, was good. They, they moved the ball well. They made some plays. They looked competitive. That You kind of saw shades of Sam Howell, but then you get into that third quarter kind of when you got to have it. And I think that's the thing about it. You got to have it. And I think the defense stepped up and got two, three and outs, which was more than I expected from them. Right. right. And then oh, especially you, based off that first half, like yeah. the drive chart in the first half is ugly. It's crazy. And I think the fact that you're not able to offensively capitalize on one of those is, is pretty tough. I think, you know, and I think um, that's the difference in the game and that's the difference between Dallas and Washington at this point. Like they've got a ton of playmakers. They've got a ton of opportunity like they can afford to go three and out, but there's just so much offensive firepower. The execution's so high. The quarterback's playing so well. doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll get the ball back. Our defense is playing that good as well. And I think that's what you're seeing with the top teams at the moment. It's not just good offensive production, but it's good, well-rounded defensive production too. And I think, um, you know, think about this team. Like if the defense is able to play a little bit better at the end of the second half, um, you know, does the offense have so much pressure on it to go score in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of my high level thoughts on it. Yeah, it's um it's not like let's be very clear and and you know, I think some people still are confusing uh some of the things that we say for not being critical or not whatever because we don't say them angrily. Um yeah. but like it is what it is. Like this is a bad football team. Yeah. And the Cowboys are a good football team. Um they're a good football team that really beats up on bad football teams and we'll see just how good they are in the playoffs. And if this is a Cowboys podcast today, that's probably what we're talking about, right? It's like, yeah. how good are they? Can we trust them to finally pull through against a good team instead of just beating the absolute crap out of bad teams? But this team is now two and eight in its last 10. Um, 
they start after a two and zero start against teams that were playing terrible ball at the time. Um, yeah. It's not good, and so on both sides of the ball, it's just it, it. It feels like it's deteriorating. I think that's the thing that's like kind of stunning. Um, you kind of were hoping that this team would build throughout the year, especially offensively. You thought yeah. they would build and get better, and you know I, I feel like that's still the story they're trying to sell because you hear Romo on the broadcast talking about it, like, "Oh, we're you know they they feel like they're really starting to find each other's groove." Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy, and then you just look at kind of what this offense did yesterday, and it just it doesn't it didn't feel cohesive, it didn't feel rhythmic the entire day, even though they moved the ball some. Yeah. it felt like it felt like some of like at the times that it was going. It felt like okay, we're doing something, but it does. It's not going to go anywhere. They did a good job of not going three and out, which is better than going three and out. Right. But I, I, I guess the, here's the word I would use, Logan, is I talk myself in circles enough to finally land the plane. Yeah. It doesn't feel threatening. This offense does not feel like it's threatening, and that is obviously far less than ideal. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that to a certain extent. Obviously, I think the thing that when you watch like the series, the sequences, and obviously we haven't watched y'all 22, so it's hard to make like declarative statements. Sure. But one of the things that sticks out to me is Sam Howell and what he does to elevate the offense and how he kind of like he'll extend, uh, he'll extend, he'll get back out of there, uh, out of the pocket, and he'll find somebody for a first down. And he should not have to do that for the offense to function, I think is right. the thing that I'm kind of getting to, right? Is like, there should be opportunities for him to kind of just have like easy game plan, like watch that San Francisco game, like Brock Purdy, he makes plays, no doubt, but there's also some easy throws, some easy opportunities, some easy reads kind of, is it open? Yeah. I'm throwing that sucker kind of, kind of opportunities that are, that are developed through game plan. And I, and I feel like there are times where that's not here. Now there's times where he's missing open guys. Like there's a, uh, his big scramble. I want to say, I forget exactly the sequence, but I think it's in the second quarter um he they, they run mesh and the guy over the ball is wide open he doesn't throw it like he scrambles it's, it's a good play great job by him but yeah. so it's not it's not all him elevating the offense and miss and and everyone's covered all the time it's kind of a little bit of both but i just wish there were you know there's there were just better opportunities for him to kind of yeah there's just no big explosive plays yeah easier opportunities maybe is what yeah. i'm looking for just stuff where it's not like he doesn't have to be back there like reading stuff out all the time. And I understand like he's, he's done a great job with that. He, he's, he's developed tremendously in that area, but it just seems like tough sledding a little bit offensively. Yeah. So I wonder when we watch the tape, are we going to go back and be like, Oh, well it's his fault that he's actually having to do all that because he's missing open guys and the line's holding up enough. Or is it like, Oh man, this offensive line is regressed. Cause that's another area where like earlier in the year, we were pretty adamant that like the O line is, playing better than people realize and they were um that that analysis doesn't get incorrect in in right. hindsight um but that doesn't mean that the level is maintained um and against a d-line like dallas like we knew they were going to struggle and it's really tough when you you go into a, a game knowing that your line is going to struggle because they're just not playing at a high level and i think that's that's something that was apparent last night and like he got to have it situations like you knew Dallas was getting pressure. It, it well, felt like Sam was going to have no hope. And they held up a couple times, but there, there's a lot of those where it feels like pretty instant pressure um, uh, well, on in key situations. I think it's also just important to remember that Dallas is the they're the number one pressure team in the NFL, like by right. far. You know, 44% right. of the time they're creating pressure. So you knew, irrespective of how the offensive line's playing, there's a reason they're good at it. 
Obviously, yeah. they have guys like Micah Parson, and, and they have six or seven dudes that can rush the passer at a high level. So you knew that was going to be an issue. It's just about how you can manage it. So actually, through the first half, I was like, they did an okay job. You know, like it wasn't perfect. I'm not saying that they're like the God's gift to offensive line play, but right. at least you could run a functioning offense. And I felt like in the second half, they made some adjustments or we just didn't adjust, you know, kind of to the competitive element of the game in terms of offensive line play. And you end up with a sack on fourth and one. And like, that's kind of the big definitive moment for me that I remember in terms of offensive line play, but there's a couple well, of pressures. You, also, you can't get, you can't get it blocked up on uh and this isn't a pressure situation, but the other fourth and one, um, the run play, the run. And, I mean, and it, I don't, that's not my favorite call, but that's also like, there's instant dude in the backfield. And so and I'm not talking about, about Jahan Dotson. Yeah. The thing about Dallas is that I love when you watch them defensively is they run a ton of line stunts. And as a guy who was basically an extension of the offensive line for the majority of my career, one of the things about teams that move around a lot, it just, it just makes it really hard to hit to sync combinations and especially in short yardage situations. And you got to be good at it because yeah, I think we've seen this team run line stunts and then get picked up and it's not executed well. Right. But the way they run it is is great, and I think you you got to give them credit because but that's what they do, and in a right. short week that line movement in those short yarded situations and other situations in the game, you know like you could see like we'd have a couple big runs and then the next sequence EB's getting ready to call a run, and uh, Dallas has like this excellent line movement with a little bit of pressure and you can't get it blocked up in time because you just haven't seen it. So another thing that's kind of tough that's tough sledding on a short week to get that stuff kind of schemed up, but I, I think. They have a really fun, dynamic defense with that kind of stuff, and it makes those things really, really challenging. But I agree, you got to get it blocked up on fourth and one, and um, it's it's. Or you got to know that that's coming and not call it. Right, you know? and I, you know we can talk about like gun runs in short yardage situations. Like I don't love that, but you know, like they obviously do because they run it a couple times this year, and um, and I don't know, like gun run, short yardage, a team that moves a lot. I want that back going downhill, you know, if that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but yeah, so we can talk about that call till the end of time, probably. But I yeah. don't want to. We can talk so, about it more on the tape, the tape breakdown yeah. and see. Because sometimes, you know, you don't like it and you're like, well, it was there if one guy just right. doesn't, whatever. Um, so we'll talk about that more on Tuesday. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, defensively, like... Not great. We we knew we knew it was going to be bad. Um, you know we there. It was funny because you stopped yourself on the uh, the preview pod, and you're like, the one thing that I feel good about, and you're like, I don't know if it's good. Gives yeah. me some hope. Yeah. Um, is is how they line it up and all that kind of stuff. But it just it felt like you know Mike McCarthy just picked them apart 
really was able to play on a certain things. And, you know, it felt the exact opposite of Washington's offense where not only were they threatening, it felt like they could kind of pick their spots where it's like, okay, time to score. Um, and that is, is not a good feeling uh, for a defense, obviously. This defense has a lot of problems. Um, there, It's going to be basically impossible to solve them. Um, I'm not going to, you know, not mention this because I tweeted it. Like, after that, I would probably be like, okay, sorry, Jack, you're going to be the sacrificial lamb uh, going into this Miami game. I, but I also say that admitting that it doesn't solve anything. Like there's yeah. not, it's not actually going to change anything. It just maybe slows down some of the, the rapidness of people who want heads on platters. Um, and as a new ownership group, like, you know, maybe that's something you're interested in. Um, but as I've also said, you know, contradicting myself to the, the point here really to take away is that all the coach movement stuff is pointless. It's coming in whatever number of weeks anyway. Right. Um, but if you if you move on from someone now and you screw up the next hire, then no one's going to be happy about the fact that it well at least you fired him during the season. Um, right. But I just think after after that, where it felt like the defense was so so mismatched that I, may, I would make a change. But I, you know, I think the more important thing is like why did it feel so inevitable? Why did it feel like it was so mismatched? How did we? How the hell did we get here? Yeah, and I and I think I just want to point out that like what I'm about to say is going to sound like I'm being an apologist for the defense, but I also am saying this knowing that the defense is not good. So right. like to me, for them to be for it to be ten to fourteen against Dallas before that two minute drive at one fifty one in the second quarter, I think the defense exceeded my expectations. Obviously, they go down and score, and there's a little bit of a you know there's that third and or second and ten where it's like a tip ball by. Um, by uh, 36 and it and it gets caught for an explosive play oh my god yeah it's insane and so you're kind of like what Man, a microcosm of the season yeah 100 yeah, and so it's all kind of fallen for dallas and so it's 10 to 20 and you're like oh man like this is tough like the defense coming out of halftime has to get a stop if there's any chance for this team to be in the game they have to get a stop and my ex my expectation was that they wouldn't be able to do it they come out they do it great that's awesome they go, you know what I mean? And then they get another stop in the third quarter. So, like, the defense, for how poorly they've been playing, I thought had moments where you're like, that, that is enough to get us at least back into the game if the offense executes. Now, I'm not being critical of the offense here. You know, they got a young quarterback, Sam Howell, whatever, in a tough environment on Thanksgiving, all those things. So, just, just hear me out. Both of those things are very low expectations. The fact the defense gets a three and out, and I'm stoked about it, very low expectation. And then the expectation that Sam goes and scores is also kind of unrealistic. But I think that's where we're at. If you say, what do we have to do to win this game? Like, that's the type of stuff you're talking about. And like you said, the offense felt a little bit middling at times. The defense really struggled, but they had these moments. And I'm like, if the defense does that, a group that's been getting beaten up all season, you have to be able to capitalize offensively. And it's just the margin for error for this team is so incredibly small against a team that like Dallas that's – that's playing really good football against bad teams at the moment. So, yeah, no, I mean, like you said in the preview pod, like your expectation was they were going to give up 30. Yeah. Um, and it's like, can the offense score 35? And, yeah. you know, that was the moment for the offense to try to get to that number. Correct. And the offense came up short. Um, it's a chronology thing, not a, a blame assignment thing. Right. It's like, oh, the defense finally did just an, oh, no, yeah. boy, there we go. Um, this stat is incredible. Um, from Optus Stats, entering today. Did you see this yet? No, I haven't seen okay. it. Okay. 
entering today, so the yesterday, um, NFL teams were combined 57-0 and in the last 25 regular seasons when having a game with 100-plus yards rushing, 250-plus yards pass- passing, 35 minutes or more time of possession, no more than 25 penalty yards, no more than one turnover. Commanders did all of that yesterday and lost by 35. Dang. They were 57 and O in that Wait, so, situation. So they had 100 yards rushing, 250 yards 100, passing. 100 yards rushing, 250 yards passing, 35 minutes time of possession, no more than 25 penalty yards, no more than one turnover. Wow. And it just, like, to me, that is actually the most, like, in-your-face illustration of the thing that I've been saying for weeks, which is this team cannot finish. Yeah. And, like, you can speak to this better than I can, having played in the league for 10 years. But moving the ball between the 20s is not that hard in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Scoring is really hard in the NFL. It's why every coach will tell you, celebrate touchdowns. Like, it's cute, the Barry Sanders, like, hand the ball to the referee thing. Like, you've been there before. Okay, but, like, you ain't going to find many coaches that aren't going to let you celebrate touchdowns because touchdowns are hard Big deal. to get. And this team has trouble giving them – or has trouble scoring them, and they have trouble not giving them up. And the ability to finish a drive offensively or defensively, to get off the field or to, to get the ball and punch it in – whether it's interceptions, whether it's fumbles, whether it's, you know, which obviously weren't as big of a deal this week. Uh, congrats to Deron Bland on his NFL record. Wow, um, yeah. Good but, for him. You know, you know, or just, you know, on third down, you know, the conversions, fourth downs. I mean, they were awful in fourth down on this game. The ability to just make the play that you need in the NFL, that's the difference in the, the good and bad teams, you know. And we to, to kind of put it in a different light, you talk about when you – do your your film stuff you mark green plays red plays good plays bad plays right you're pretty much always going to have way more green plays than red plays it's just when are those red dots happening yeah how bad are they is it hey we gave up you know we get we gave up seven yards on a third and three you know inside our own or you know and at the minus 25 and you know then we got three more stops and you know, we forced a three and out or is like that red dot coming in the green or in the, in the red zone. And we gave up a touchdown and like where the green and red dots are for this team uh, is, is really what it's going to be about because you read those stats and like, there's going to be a lot of green dots. There's going to be a right. lot of plays that get you to hundred plus rush yards to 250 plus pass yards to hold the ball as long as they did. But part of that is also because Dallas just didn't waste any time scoring a couple of times. And um, you know, they have a pick six and, and all those things. And, the biggest plays in the game are all in Dallas's favor. Yeah, and I think also, like you mentioned, the fourth down thing, like that's a huge element of this game, a huge element. Like, as you said, oh, they didn't turn the football over, but every time it's a fourth down, it's a turnover. Right. And, like, I'm just looking at my notes. They had one, two, no, one, two, three, three fourth downs that they didn't get, right? Yep. And then they threw They're a pick six. They threw a pick six. And so versus a defense that's struggling, and especially in some of those situations, I forget which one it was, um, they were kind of like – on they were on their side of the field which again i don't hate the decision to go for it but you're putting your defense in a bad spot here sometimes with some of these and like in a game like this you need to go for fourth downs like you just have to you have to possess the football you have to keep your defense off the field and you got to hit one of these 
And so I think the one that we, you know, we kind of already talked about was the fourth and short with the run. That's tough because I think you got to make that. I don't hate the call on third and third and one, take a shot. I thought that's the right decision, but you got to have yeah. a call there that's going to get you that fourth and one. Then you have the sack. The 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 next the next time you go for it, you have the sack on fourth and one, and you have an incompletion the seventeen on the next fourth and one, and then the next one you throw a pick. Like I know the score was bad, and it's and it's not great, and it and it shouldn't be <laughs> yeah. great. Like whatever but you could have made a decision on maybe after the first one that we're not going to go for any more fourth downs and they're gonna have to drive the length of the field and you could have kept that score probably 10 to 35 or something like under under whatever it ended up being probably 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 saved yourself a, a possession there so i don't know it's it's tough man and it's and it's it's basically four turnovers like that's essentially what you're looking at there with those fourth down not getting those fourth downs and like yeah. you can't like you can't win games turning the ball over. You know, I know that's not a pick. I know it's not a fumble, but it's four turnovers against a really good football team in Dallas. Like you can't win doing that. You can't win doing that. So, totally. I mean, like there, there's many things to talk about in this game. You mentioned the green red dot. I'm sure there's going to be a, a ton of stuff that's that's positive, like in in a in a microcosm, like a one right. playoff. But like you said, it's the sequencing right. and it's in a what vacuum, they come. Yeah. So um, and I, to me, those, those four, those three, four downs are like, the, that's where you have to make plays. Like those are deciding right. moments in the game. Right. It's just a lack of playmaking that has been there all season long. Um, last but not least real quick. Um, we touched on it a little bit already, but Sam's day, um, you know, I feel like we've gotten to the point where, you know, earlier in the season, it's like, man, can they just get a little bit more out of him? Can, can he do a little bit more to elevate this offense? Uh, and now it's like, he's, he often feels like the only reason the offense is doing anything. Right. Um, and again, we're going to have to take a, a deeper look at this on the all 22, but, um, like the, the elevator pitch version of Sam's day is what? Well, I think this is like kind of my thought coming out of, of the season too. And I think that it's reflected in this game. I think when they can possess the football, Sam gets in a rhythm and Sam looks good when they are in these phases where they go three and out five and out six and out, he looks unsettled. And it's partially because his production is so correlated to how the offense produces. Like when you throw the ball as much as this team does, like he's right. got to play well. And so the second he takes a little bit of a dip, the offense takes a dip and the, and the offense becomes less efficient. And I think that's something that, and it's not always his fault. So like, um, I don't know, for example, in, in the, in the fourth quarter, three, 13, uh, 36 or 13, 36 is the start of the drive. Like they start off with a sack, right? And he then it's like the next play is um it's like an incomplete pass, and then he makes this excellent completion to Pringle, right? It's third and seventeen. He escapes the pocket. He's scrambling, delivers yeah. it. It's fourth and one. They don't get the fourth and one because they take another sack. So in that sequence, like bad taking the sack. It's probably not on him. I think the offensive line had an issue there. You know, incomplete pass, bad on him. Amazing play, like really an amazing play. Fourth and one. They cover the concept. You can tell it's covered. There's a little bit of pressure. B. Rob's late getting over to it, and he takes a sack. So it's like, I'm not saying he needs to elevate those situations, but look at that. I think that that drive it is just, really it just illustrates how much is on his plate. Hundred percent. That that's the thing that like, you know, when we talk about futures and stuff with EB, like that's a conversation that when I'm the new whatever, if if I'm considering keeping him, I'm like, why did you put so much on this kid? And yeah. I don't know what his answer would be, but like that's something that I would I would want to understand about how he thinks about offense. Was that a choice based off development? Was that a choice based off trying? That's how I want to play. 
and you know, depending on his answer, would determine what I would do with him uh, in the future. All right, uh, that's it for the show today. Um, there's just not a lot here. A very solid football team that beats up on bad football teams, beat up on a bad football team. And unfortunately, we talk about the one that's not very good right now. Um, we will be back with our usual schedule next week. Uh, be back on the radio Monday. Uh, other than that, enjoy your holiday weekend. Enjoy a, a weekend with your, your family, your friends, or your own peace and quiet, perhaps, whatever it is uh, that floats your boat. Uh, for Logan, I'm Craig. From all of us here at 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980, wishing you a healthy and happy holiday season.